As I spoke at Rosh Hashanah, I was privileged to uh, be a part of the RTS, the Rabbinic Torah uh, Study and Symposium, uh, this summer with the Shalom Hartman Institute of Jerusalem, where we have such incredible minds and hearts, uh, philosophers, teachers, people ready to challenge how we think about everything. And one of those talks, uh, these are world-renowned scholars, one of uh, the talks that was really impactful for me this summer was given by our local colleague, Rabbi Ed Feinstein. He gave a talk that he called The Day After, and the title of his talk was based on the fact that Tisha B'Av is commemorated in the summer, right around the time that we were studying together in July. And Tisha B'Av is the day that we commemorate all of the catastrophes that have befallen the Jewish people, and unfortunately, they are many. So he gave this talk um, based on Tisha B'Av, and he said that the 9th of Av is a really important day for us as the Jewish people. It's a day that we confront the realities of what it means to be Jewish throughout history, including in our own time, anti-Semitism, uh, that unique kind of disgusting hate that um, fortunately we don't experience directly so much anymore. But that that reality we confront on Tisha B'Av on the ninth day of Av. And Feinstein's talk was about the day after. Because he said, while yes, there have been many, many crises that the Jewish people have come through, what he's interested is less the ninth day of Av, he's more interested in the tenth day of Av. Because it's the tenth day of Av that matters in the long term, for the long haul. It's the 10th, the 11th, the 14th, the 27th, the 31st. That's what matters when we talk about confronting serious challenges. So his talk the day after was really about the Jewish genius, he calls it, for resiliency. The Jewish genius for taking moments of crisis and turning them into moments of opportunity. As I said on Rosh Hashanah, the first that we have is when Israel was destroyed as a nation state, when Jerusalem fell and the temple was destroyed. That should have been the end of Judaism. There was no Judaism. There was Israelite cult practice. There was Israelite cult religion. There was bringing sacrifices to a priesthood with Levites to assist, and there was a very clear order of what had to happen in order to keep Israel's ritual life in order. We should have been gone once we were no longer sovereign in our own country with our own language, our own culture, our own religious practice. We should have been gone. The temple was gone. But the reason we're not is because the Jews of the 10th day and the 11th day and the 12th day of Av got up and started rebuilding. The Jewish people, Rabbi Feinstein said, demonstrates and manifests in the course of its history a particular genius for responding to catastrophe with creativity, for turning catastrophe into possibility and turning crisis into opportunity. That is a pattern you find in Jewish history all along the way. It is something to be celebrated and to be learned from. We as Jews love to tell a story of continuity, and that's true that we start with Abraham and Sarah and Rivka, Rebecca and Isaac and 
Jacob and Rachel and Leah, Moshe, Isaiah, Jeremiah. We love the story of Jewish continuity, and we stand on the shoulders of the generations who've gone before us, of course. But Rabbi Feinstein was pointing out to us that there's there's another truth that runs absolutely contrary to that story, that narrative we tell of continuity. And that is the story, the story of discontinuity. That there is a narrative about the Jewish people that if you look back through our history, it is very clear that we have come through many moments of huge discontinuity. And when you look at those books of the Jewish people, that are the ones that become the tradition for the generations after they are written. When you look at the brilliant creations of the Jewish people in all kinds of disciplines, all of those books, argued Feinstein, came out of moments of radical discontinuity. The Tanakh, as we know it, the the Bible as we know it, uh, was put together after the destruction of the first temple during the Babylonian exile. The Talmud is written. The Mishnah and Talmud are written after the destruction of the second temple. Rambam, Maimonides, and the philosophical tradition comes out of a confrontation with the ideas of the dominant Muslim culture in which the Jews were living. The Zohar, that book of Jewish mysticism, comes out of the Reconquista of Spain and the Christian rule in the the Iberian Peninsula, Hasidism, comes out of the absolute trauma and disaster of Sebastianism and the Helminski massacres. Zionism comes out of the failure of emancipation. All of these works, all of this way of looking at the world that then becomes integrated as a core part of Judaism, of a Jewish way of looking at the world and understanding our own tradition, all of those works come at moments of radical break and absolute crisis. Rabbi Feinstein reminds us that we are living through the mother of them all right now, and it's called modernity. Modernity has challenged every pillar of Jewish wisdom, being, and identity. You add in the historical events that we, in our own lifetimes, have been witness to, the Shoah, the Holocaust, the moment of our greatest destruction, the recreation of the state of Israel, our moment of greatest redemption, and the unprecedented freedom of Jews in the United States of America. These are all huge challenges to Jewish identity and a sense of continuity and a sense of stability. So that's a little bit about the Jewish reality. Anybody who's reading anything by any Jewish leaders knows that we're also very concerned that we're living in the 21st century with 19th century thinkers creating institutions and a system for a 20th century reality that we are still living with in the 21st century. I also did a lot of reading, like many of you, during the pandemic. Don't worry. (laughs) I know you're a little panicked right now. It's okay. Um, And you can't even go to the fridge. I know. I know. So Thomas Friedman... I'm not reading as much as Rabbi Rubin, but, and this is just a smattering, but just reading as a person, 
during the pandemic. Thomas Friedman, thank you for being late, talks about the fact that the pace of change has now outstripped the human ability to respond to those changes. That means the governments, the systems, the checks and balances, the safety nets, the things that need to be in place to help us deal with the pace of change right now, those things have not caught up. We have not caught up. And change is only getting faster. The pace is exponentially picking up. John Hari, Johan Hari writes in Lost Connections about the ways that our disconnection from so many things is causing um, record numbers of suicide, depression, anxiety in the richest society in the history of the world. Our disconnection from meaningful work, from other people, from meaningful values, from status and respect, from the natural world and from a hopeful and secure future in the richest country in the history of the world. Vivek Murthy, the Surgeon General, writes about the epidemic of loneliness that leads to a lot of this depression and anxiety. The epidemic of loneliness in our communities. Yuval Noah Harari, the Israeli author, has written Sapiens, he's written uh, a book about the future, and in 21 Lessons for the 21st Century covers everything that feels like it is so seriously in crisis right now. From nationalism to equality to what liberty means to what is a, what is a world in life after truth? What do we do with how justice is applied around the world, including in our own country? Where are we getting our need for meaning to be addressed, not just texting back and forth with our friends on Facebook. We are living in what Feinstein calls the mother of all crises. As Jews and as Americans, we are living in a time of radical discontinuity. There is no book that addresses immediately what happened in the wake of the destruction of the temple. What there is is the Mishnah. And the Mishnah, written after the destruction, is usually based, whatever the tractate of the Mishnah is, is based on a question that the rabbis are coming to resolve because the memory of temple practice is starting to fade. The experts are gone. And so the rabbis want to get that down on paper and figure out what it means for us who no longer have a temple ritual. One of the examples is that we pray whenever sacrifices were were offered in the temple. So what Feinstein asked us to do was look at one of those books of the Mishnah as what he considers to be the handbook of what we do when facing crisis, moments of radical discontinuity like the time we're in, even times of catastrophe. And he says, if you look at one of those books, Pirkei Avot, Pirkei Avot doesn't come to answer a question. Pirkei Avot uh, actually uh, is written with no prompting question. And so kind of like, what's the point? He says he believes this is the handbook, that these are the questions coming down to um, Yohanan ben Zakkai and those folks who are left to put the pieces back together into what we now know as rabbinic Judaism. We sang it earlier, one piece of this that he believes is a teaching from the rabbis to us on how to address times like these that we're living in. Al shlosha devarim. Ha'olam, ha'olam, omed. We sing it happily every time we have a hakafa here at KI. Al shlosha devarim, ha'olam, ha'olam, omed. Al ha'torah, 
So this is we something we sing because we celebrate the fact that what Feinstein says is we celebrate the fact that Judaism was completely reconstructed. When the temple was destroyed, the priesthood was destroyed, all of those rituals and rites and pilgrimage festivals and the Jews taxing themselves by taxing their, their, the produce of their agriculture, all of that was gone. Gone. And so he says, pay attention to those words. First of all, ha'olam omeid. The world is standing. On three things does the world stand. You didn't lose a world. You lost a worldview. On three things does this world stand. And it still stands. That's where they start. What are those three things? Al ha'torah. So what is now going to replace some of these core pillars of Judaism, of Israelite religion? Al HaTorah now. We face the ark now. Al HaTorah, it's going to stand on our teachings, on our stories, on our history, on our values, on our morals, on guidance for how to build a just, compassionate, equitable society. Al HaTorah. And if you're going to have Torah, you better have a place to study it. And you better have teachers. So Al HaTorah, now the institution of the base midrash, of the study hall. Think about how core that is to us as a people. The people of the book that we study, 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 and argue. We're so good at it. We argue and debate to get to the heart of how our texts can help us understand how to live righteously in this world right now. Al HaTorah, the Al HaAvodah, and on service, the service of the heart. We will do it by way of the heart, as Julie Silver so beautifully sang earlier. Al HaTorah, on Torah, you need rabbis to teach Torah. You need folks to engage in Torah study so all of them can access the text. All of them can be professional inside Jews, not just the priesthood or the Levites anymore, all of Israel. Al HaTorah Al HaAvodah, the service of the heart meant you needed to build a Beit Knesset. That's what this is. That's our word for synagogue. Beit Knesset, the place of gathering, the place of coming together. It's where Jews came together even before the temple fell. Then it became the central institution for the rabbis, where we gather, where we share what's important for us, where we tell each other what's happening, where we come to grieve, where we come to celebrate, that is the service of the heart, and you needed now the synagogue. And you needed people to lead the synagogue. You needed lay people to give of their time and energy, to give of themselves, to keep the synagogue functioning and running and healthy. The Algamilut Hasadim and on acts of loving kindness. Where is that taught? What's the institution we need for that? About how to take care of other people, about how to talk about other people in ways that our tradition would support, about how to treat other people. Where is that taught? That is taught at home. The home becomes the locus of Jewish teaching from the earliest age. Our tables have become an altar. We use that language. The rabbis have us dip challah in salt. The sacrifices were offered with salt. We are supposed to understand ourselves as having the capacity and the charge to bless our children with the priestly benediction. Think about how chutzpah that is. What chutzpah? We are reciting the words that only the priests could recite. In our own homes, 
over our own blessed children. The home becomes the third pillar of Judaism, which didn't exist before the destruction of the temple in any fashion that we know it. Al HaTorah, the Al HaAvodah, the Al Gumilut Chasadim. This is what the world stands on. Three new pillars that become the foundation of Judaism. We have a particular genius, says Rabbi Feinstein, for creating out of chaos. Look at the Joseph story. Look, look at our whole story. All of our stories are, are about the underdog. All of them are about things getting flipped on their head. We have a talent for it. We need to dig in really hard now. As we face modernity, as we face what is only going to be growing challenges, we need to draw on that genius as a people. And we need to figure out in this moment of reimagining what is it that needs to come from the background to the foreground? What has been in the foreground that now needs to move back? And what doesn't even exist yet that we need to be building? I don't know. His sermon didn't give us any answers, and it was a sermon to rabbis. So it's the questions that we are best at living into as Jews. I want to charge you with being our partners at KI in dreaming the Jewish future, dreaming what the next generation of Jewish life will look like, what Jewish communal life will look like, how that will impact the world we live in. Because we believe there's no point to it, as Rabbi Sher said earlier, there's no point for Judaism if it's not to help make this world a better place through making us better people. So I want to leave you with words from Pirkei Avot that our past president, Bert Kleinman, loves so much. The words of our teacher, Hillel, who used to say, Im ein anili mili. If I am not for myself, who will be for me? Ukshi'ani la'atzmi ma'ani. But when I'm only for myself, what am I? Ve'im shav, And if not now, e'matai. When? Our charge, according to Michael Strassfeld in this week's uh, teaching that he shared with us who get his teaching every week, said, Hayashan yit chadesh, ve'achadash yit kadesh. You are charged, we are charged with taking what is old and making it new. Ve'achadash yit kadesh, and taking what is new and making it holy. Shana tovah.